You are Locked On College Football, your daily podcast on all things college football. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, it is Thursday, February 4th, 2021, a day after National Signing Day. And yeah, let's just crown Alabama right now, shall we? How's it going, everybody? I am Kevin McGuire from Locked On Nittany Lions. My usual Thursday co-host, Matt Moscone, is going to be coming along a little bit later in our second segment. He's got a great interview with former Stanford running back Malik Antoine. Going to talk a little bit about going through the 2020 season. Uh, very unique experience for a lot of schools out there, a lot of players out there. Certainly, you want to hear what it was like for the Stanford football program from Malik's standpoint. That's coming up in segment number two. I'm going to be flying solo here for this first segment. And like I said... We got to crown Alabama once again as the recruiting national champions once again. No real surprise here, right? I mean, Alabama just continues to roar when it comes to the recruiting wars. There is no competition here for Alabama. And coming off a national championship season, now Alabama looks again to just kind of reload once again. That's just what Alabama does. It is absolutely a football factory down in Tuscaloosa that Nick Saban has built. I've feel like I say the same thing every year when we talk about Alabama and recruiting. Uh, what Nick Saban has done with l- increasing the production and the results that this program gets on a regular basis, and I'm not going to say it's an easy job. Uh, certainly when you're recruiting for Alabama, it's easier now compared to some other programs out there. I mean, you have the Alabama logo on your jacket. You've got national championship rings when you're shaking your hands. I guess you're not shaking too many hands right now, but you get the idea. You've got the trophies. You've got the rings. You've got the bling. It is very easy to make that sales pitch right now if you are Alabama and Nick Saban. And kudos to Nick Saban and his entire staff uh, on a regular basis on being able to keep that bar as raised as high as it is because it is very difficult to clear that bar when you have set the standard the way that Alabama has and they just continue to do it. It's just so darn impressive that I just can't get over it. And like I said, I say the same thing every year about Alabama. I feel like we've been going through this routine for, what, 10 years now. Uh, Whatever the case has been, Alabama just continues to just blow away uh, and just kind of obliterate anything that they've done. And we are talking about a historically great recruiting class that Alabama has been signing. It's being highly regarded as the highest rated recruiting class in recruiting history. Uh, just take a look at the recruiting class that they're bringing in. All right, so it's obviously the number one class in the class of 2021, number one ranked class in the SEC, according to the composite rankings from 24-7 sports. They've got an average ranking for this recruiting class or for the players in this recruiting class of 0.95 on 24-7 sports. To compare, last year's recruiting class at Alabama re- brought in a, an average rating of 93 Five, four. So there you go. I mean, they've as good as that class that was last year, it's even better uh, this year. And of course, if you look at the upcoming projections for next year, guess what? The the projected uh, average rating, it's already higher than what Alabama's bringing in. And this is an historically gifted class that Alabama has. 13 of the top 58 players in the nation going to Alabama. 
And we're talking about players that are already enrolled. Take a look at the list of this uh, the players that are already enrolled at Alabama. I've lost count of how many they have, but they've got a lot of players already enrolled on campus. And that includes J.C. Latham, offensive tackle, number one at the position in the country. Guess what? The number two offensive tackle, Tommy Brockmeyer, he's also enrolled already. So they've got the top two offensive tackles in the class of 2021 already enrolled on campus, which means they get a head start on spring football practices and workouts. They're already getting acclimated to being Alabama offensive linemen, and uh, Alabama's got some pretty good offensive linemen over the years. Uh, they've already got the top two in this recruiting class ready to go. They've got a five-star cornerback in Jaquincy McKinsey uh, from Alabama, number one cornerback in his position. They've got the number two wide receiver in Ja'Cory Brooks. They've got the number five wide receiver in Agai Hill Hall, I should say. The number three linebacker, Deontay Lawson. The number two uh, offensive guard, <laughs> just adding on to that ridiculous amount of talent at the offensive line position in Terrence Ferguson. Uh, they've got the number three defensive end, Keanu Coates. Uh, Christian Leary, the number 10 wide receiver in the nation. He's already enrolled. And those are just players that were already there. Take a look at some of the names that they're adding on with the National Signing Day Hall. And that includes Dallas Turner, defensive end, number one in his position, uh, five-star talent out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Uh, they're adding the number four defensive tackle to him, Payne. Number two running back, Cameron Wheaton. Uh, number six wide receiver, JoJo Earl. Uh, yeah, Alabama's going to have some talent at the skill positions. They're going to have a oodles of talent in the trenches, and it's going to be nearly impossible to challenge Alabama anytime soon. So, yes, once again, Alabama just continues to blow away the competition when it comes on the recruiting trail. As far as the Big Ten is concerned, it's more the same. You know, it's kind of like Alabama light. I think when you were talking about the Big Ten recruiting scene, Ohio State just continues to just pull away from everybody in that conference. And this is a program that is uh, certainly have been elevated under Urban Meyer, continues to this day under Ryan Day. There's no slowing down in Columbus. And obviously coming off a another Big Ten championship season and an appearance in the national championship game, that does help. But Ohio State didn't really need a whole lot of help to begin with. They've got the number two recruiting class as I'm recording this on 24-7 sports composite ring rankings. Uh, going back to Alabama real quick. Seven five-star players. Ohio State's got five. Georgia's got four. LSU two, uh, Clemson three. Nobody else has more than one except for Miami. Miami coming in at number 12 with two five-star players. Uh, it's just absolutely insane the kind of production that schools like Alabama and Ohio State continue to get. And there's a reason they played for the national championship last year. And there's a reason why they're probably going to be in the college football playoff next year and the year after that, and the year after that. you know Maybe there's going to be an exception to the rule, but uh, Alabama and Ohio State continue to easily outpace everybody in their respective conferences. Of course, uh, some SEC heavy hitters. Georgia coming in at number three, LSU at number four. Uh, pretty big year for LSU. There's a lot of good young talent, and I know Matt Moscona would uh, be uh, telling you all about that, uh, as he has before. So uh, LSU could have a very good bounce back year. And of course, Clemson still uh, leading the way in the ACC uh, with their number five overall recruiting class. Uh, out in the Pac-12, Oregon coming in at number six. They're the head of the Pac-12 class. Uh, a couple spots ahead of USC. USC is always a, generally a strong recruiting program uh, out of the, uh, the Pac-12. Uh, you have to go a little bit down outside of the top 10 before you get to your first Big 12 team. And that, of course, is the Oklahoma Sooners. You go down seven more spots to get to the Texas Longhorns. Uh, anything interesting pop up to you 
as far as these recruiting rankings are concerned? Probably not from the ones that I've mentioned, right? Uh, you know, I think the, the trend t- tends to be that uh, brand new head coaches are going to have a little bit of a slower start when it comes to recruiting because uh, you're talking about an early signing period. It's very difficult to really get a grasp on the recruiting trail of your freshly hired head coach. So I uh, don't tend to get too overboard with some of the initial class rankings for brand new head coaches in new spots. So I wouldn't get too carried away with some of that. Although some coaches are going to have a little bit more success than others, but it generally tends to be that uh, you're going to get a relatively average class. It's really about what you do in your first full recruiting cycle, I think, for new head coaches. So I'm not going to get too carried away with there. I will point out, though, because Matt and I happen to be, I think, the two biggest fans of this particular coach on the Locked On College football lineup, and that would be, of course, Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, bringing in the number 85 overall recruiting class in the nation, not necessarily FCS, in the nation, Jackson State bringing in the number 85 class on the 24-7 composite rankings with 16 commits. A lot of transfers from some from some FBS Power 5 conference programs. We've kind of talked about that before, but uh, Deion Sanders has put Jackson State on the map. Now, I don't know how far Jackson State goes. I have no idea if Deion Sanders can even coach a lick of uh, football. We are going to find out, but there's no question that he has certainly made Jackson State Far more entertaining than they've ever been from an outsider perspective. Very curious to see what's going to happen with Jackson State going forward. But like I said, number 85 class for an FCS program, that's pretty rare. Uh, So Deion Sanders certainly has made a splash in his first go around on the recruiting trail for the Jackson State program. Uh, It's going to be very fun moving forward to watch them continue to grow. All right, Matt Moscone is going to come up in our next segment. He's got a great interview with Malik Antoine from Stanford, a former team captain, running back, of course, from the Baton Rouge area. So good connection there from Matt Moscone. Very interesting story to hear about how Stanford had to maneuver through a very COVID-stricken season. Uh, Stanford had a lot of issues to go with, not just with, uh, with Pac-12 regulations, but, of course, everything that was going on in the state of California. A lot of curveballs for the Stanford program. We'll hear what Malik had to say about that story coming up in our next segment with Matt Moscona. But before we do that, I want to make sure that your cars are ready to go for these winter weather conditions. If you're up in the north like me, uh, you probably have been dealing with a lot of snow and winter weather conditions the last couple of days. You know, Matt gets away with some of that a little bit. You know, he has to deal with hurricanes. I've got to deal with blizzards. Um, you know, I'm not saying one's better than the other, but the most important thing is to make sure your car or your truck is ready to go. And the best way to do that is with rockauto.com. They make finding everything you need for your car or truck incredibly easy. All you have to do is go to rockauto.com. You enter the make and model of your vehicle, and it brings you up the entire catalog of everything they have available for your specific vehicle. It's all tailored for your needs. So you don't have to go searching for one part or another. You don't have to get confused. They're going to make it very simple. As long as you know what you're driving, they're going to bring you everything that is available to you, and they're going to give you great prices too. It doesn't matter if you're a professional or a do-it-yourselfer or if you're just an amateur like me who knows next to nothing about cars other than what you're driving or if it's sticker manual or automatic, I should say, then Rock Auto is there for you. This is a family business. They've been doing this for 20 years, and they know what it takes to satisfy their customers with a great online experience. They make it simple, they make it easy, and they make it something you're going to go back to time and time again every time, every time you need something for your car or truck. So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Don't forget to write Locked On in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. 
We're covering everything you need to know here about college football, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by Peter Bukowski. It's all the sports news that you'll need every morning in less than 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcast. Glad to have you back with us here on Locked On College Football. It was without question, undeniably, the most unorthodox season we have ever seen in college football, and that extended to the Pac-12 and maybe none more so affected than the Stanford University Cardinal, which went through something that I think much of the national media didn't even cover because they were effectively a vagabond team. Had a chance to visit with their senior captain, Malik Antoine, two-year captain, starter at safety, who is a Baton Rouge native and went out to the farm and went through this very improbable season there at Stanford, which started with a couple of losses and finished with four consecutive wins. And I started by asking Malik point blank, what was it like going through this year? Man, it was craziness from start to finish. I mean, like you said, we canceled uh, our season like mid-September-ish. And so most of our guys probably went home or relaxed for like two weeks or so. Then we got a call like that third week saying, hey, we're back on. So we had one week of training and then right in the training camp, uh, first week playing Oregon. Yeah. So, <laughs> and so like for us, it was a, a fast, fast swip. We had to quickly adapt and, and get to it, you know. But first week we're playing Oregon, have a phenomenal week of practice. Day of the game, our quarterback gets popped COVID. Unbelievable. Four hours before the game. So we, we got hit with adversity like first first step, first step into it. And so that really that really had to spark a mentality in us. We kind of we kind of said before the year that our mentality was going to be like no excuses and relentlessly adapt to everything. And so we didn't know that week one we're going to get hit with something like that, but we did. What is, I mean, this is kind of an obvious question, right? But like, what is it like when you're on the road to play the, you're in Eugene, you're going to play the 12th ranked team in the country to start your season and four hours before the game, everything you've prepped with your starting quarterback and he's out. Like what, what do you, I mean, it's easy to say, well, just next man up, but that ain't the truth. Not at all, not at all. I mean, we were stunned, you know, me as a captain. You know, we, I got the text, like, from Davis before the game, and me as a captain, I'm stunned, you know, but I had to, I had to quickly uh, shake back and, and be the guy, to be the voice of the team and say, hey, when we said it before the season was going to start, like, we're going to be hit with crazy adversity, crazy just situations, and you got to just play, you know. The, the teams that were most successful this year were the teams that said, hey, regardless of what happens, we're going to go out there and have our best game. And so we had, we had a meeting, a team meeting like three hours before the game and said, we're doing this. And unfortunately, like we wanted to be a Cinderella story, come out there with our backup and a freshman quarterback. We, we didn't win the game, you know, but it was, a, it was great for me as a leader to see how our team responded because that sideline, we were, we, were, we were juiced. We were ready to play. Yeah. And the whole time we believed we could win, but it definitely was a, a shock to start the season off. What was in a, in a, in a six-game schedule, what would you say was the high point for the team or for you personally? Man, I think it was um, probably the week we played Washington. So I'm going to give you a bit, a little background on that. So we start the season off on two because mm-hmm. losing our quarterback, we get him back on Friday before the next game. And so, right, right. And did obviously, he, did he pl- wait, did he play? He, pl- he, okay, he played versus Colorado, but he was sitting on the couch for, for five days. He probably played his worst game. Right, I think right. A team. As a team, we played our worst game, but we. Threw, I'm looking. He threw for 327 <laughs> that day, so it's not a bad day, though, man. David Mills threw for 327 in that game, so for your worst game to throw for 327 yeah, ain't bad. He's a he's a phenomenal player, but no, we come off of that loss and 
Um, we get our next game canceled, but then we play Cal Berkeley. We, we finally come off with a win, so we finally juice and, and getting back in our spirits. But the next day, we get our season. Uh, we, the county says that we can't practice in our county no more. So basically, we have to leave the county and practice in other states. And so as a leader, you're like, how does that even work? Like, yeah. how, how can we make that work in a day? Because we got that news on Sunday. We got to start prepping for Washington on Monday. Like, this team's 3-0. We get that news literally Sunday and say, hey, pack your bags up. Tuesday, we're leaving to Washington. We're going to practice there all week and play them that Played them that so Saturday. y'all stayed in Seattle the whole week. Whole week what did you do for school? Zoom? Zoom school. So our school, so we were the only people on campus when the season was starting anyway. So, so we, whole campus was, was Zoom, was, was virtual. Exactly. Okay. And so so we get to Seattle. We get there like 7 o'clock at night, go practice in there indoor, and practice there that night. But the next three days or so, we're practicing at a local high school that's like an hour away. So we're in the field practicing. Oh, so where were y'all staying? In, in the hotel, we, we all had a one room in the hotel, kind of quarantining each other because the only time we really could congregate was during practice. So we're staying in the hotel. And we go in there, waking up, getting tested, uh, lifting probably on the field like, like a full body lift, like no weights. Yeah, yeah. And we're practicing that week. And so we, we fought our way through it, fought our way through adversity. But we come out and we beat the team that was undefeated, you know. And so that was just a great high point for me because you see that, hey, if you, if you stick to it, if you're resilient, if you fight through it, you're going gonna, gonna to come out on top. And it was crazy because you can't even, like, enjoy that moment so much because the next day we drove 10 hours to Corvallis, Oregon. So every week, we, we hold on. Spot. Every, so you never went back to Stanford? No. Whole season. I, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe that's negligent on my behalf. I just didn't know that that's what you all did all year. So you never went back to campus? Never never went back. We, we were in hotels uh, picking up meals, grab and go, but... Essentially, we're practicing at local high schools. Well, our last game, we practiced at a junior college. Oh, so hang on. All right. So you go Washington, you win the game, you're on a bus 10 hours to Corvallis. Yes. And next morning, so we get there that Sunday, next morning, Monday practice. Corvallis is like the most grimy city ever. So you can't really practice, <laughs> you can't really practice outside, outside that much. So they you actually just mean rainy yeah, and rainy. Gr- yeah, 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 yeah. And so we actually, they actually let us use their indoor. So, so we have to wait till they're done and we have to go practice in their indoor all week. <laughs> wow! Every, every day, and then you beat, beat Oregon, Oregon State, there. and so then we actually stay one more night in Oregon and practice there on Monday, and then we fly to Santa Barbara, California, and practice at the junior college. Wow! We're playing UCLA the next week, but it was just it was craziness, man. We we kind of stuck to it, kind of. We had no positive COVID t- uh, cases. Um, None the whole year. Whole year. Got tested nine times a week. So well, I guess y'all were all just to. It was just you all in your own little bubble the whole time. Exactly the whole time. And so we did. You have to do the test where they went like all the way up to your absolutely. brain, or was it just the one where they swabbed you in the nose? Uh, up to your brain. Every, That's nine times a week. It was uh, the craziest. Some of the craziest. Did you ever get life. used? Did you ever get used to it? Nah, I carry yeah. it like every time. Your eyes water. Yeah, because yeah. it kind of touches your yeah, yeah. Ducks, your ducks. Oh so my it's god, just, this is a crazy, crazy season, you know. But I think as a team, it kind of. Made me fall in love with the program a little more and fall in love with my family, my brothers there, because Man. through all that, like we came out and won our last four games, probably had, probably played some of the best ball we could when we didn't have a weight room, didn't have a practice field, barely had like treatment staff available. And we just, we just fought, you know, and that was a, that was a testament to our, to our staff and our leaders on our team that regardless of the circumstance, we were going to go out there and play our best ball. Did Malik Antoine's in studio with us. Did the national media pick up on this with you all? Not at all. It was just it was just us, us versus us, and we were just we were game just day never through. did a story on this. Nothing like that. I mean, I'm trying to remember, right. but like, 
that's stunning that you never went back to campus. You didn't play a home game, obviously. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the schedule. Was at Cal, Washington, Oregon State, UCLA? You were away for the rest of the season. Yeah. Were any of those designated as home games? Because yeah. we're supposed to we're supposed to be a seven game season, and you're supposed to basically do like four games home, three games away. Yeah. And so uh, the I think the Washington, well, no, the Oregon State game was supposed to be home for sure, and so the last game was going to be home as well, but. So you get to play home games exactly. at Oregon State and at, at UCLA. Exactly. It was craziness, man. But, man, I, I, know, I remember the double overtime win over UCLA, which is a mm. team that as the season went along, UCLA started playing. Yeah, playing Look, really LSU well. fans paid attention to UCLA because they opened next oh, year out in the Rose Bowl. And Chip Kelly's team's kind of starting to feel like Chip Kelly's mm. team again as the season went along. And that was a pretty, I mean, that was a pretty significant win. Right. I mean, to, to go up. But did, you had to watch Chip Kelly when you were a kid, right? Absolutely. I mean, you, you watched when you were coming up those – Blur offense teams. Did it feel kind of like you were playing that? Absolutely. I mean, you see, you see the score of that yeah. game. Like 48-47, <laughs> yeah. double so overtime. That's double overtime. Double time. So they're, they're yeah. scoring points. So you know, you grew up watching Chip Kelly and the old Oregon offense, and there. So they're they're still like that, you know. So for us, it was it was tough stopping them, but at the end of, it was a testament to our season. At the end of the day, like Man. fighting through all that, coming out last game, winning double overtime with Thriller, like a, a fourth down stop, which is just crazy. So I mean, it was it was beautiful. Somebody's got to write the book man, eventually <laughs> right. about that. Y'all were the only team that I know that did that. Had to be, right? right? Yeah, I mean, cause most teams didn't get kicked out of the county. Like, yeah. we, literally, we literally got a message. Like on, I think I saw it on Twitter. Like, you guys, you know, there's no contact sports in the Santa, Santa Clara County. And so we're like, wait, we're a part of the Santa Clara County. It's so like, <laughs> that's, that's like, when the, wait, 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 does that mean I can't go back to the farm ever again? Right. Is that what that means? It's crazy. Essentially. We appreciate Malik Antoine for his time, and I always appreciate BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Of course, Sunday is the big game. Of course, it is the largest wagering day annually in the world. So where are you going to be placing your bets? I'll be placing mine at BetOnline.ag. If it's the point spread, if it's the total, or literally hundreds of prop bets with the Chiefs and the Bucks. Make sure you're wagering online at betonline.ag. Not sure how? It's easy. It's free to start an account. Log on betonline.ag, betonline.ag. Open up a free account. Then when you go to deposit funds, when you're checking out, there's a promo code line. Make sure you enter locked on so you get a 50% welcome bonus. So Deposit 100 bucks, they'll give you 50 to play with. Deposit 1000 bucks, they'll give you 500 free to play with. BetOnline.ag. Do it now. Super Sunday is upon us, but it's not just Super Sunday. It's also college basketball, the NBA, NHL, futures bets, even live in-game betting. It's all there for you at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Final segment of today's episode of Locked On College Football. Kevin McGuire back here with you. But before we continue on and wrap up this episode, I want to make sure you guys are aware that we've got a whole bunch of other podcasts across the Locked On Podcast Network, especially if you are looking for some in-depth commentary on the SEC, the Big Ten, and the Big 12. Make sure you check out all of our conference-affiliated podcasts going on right now. Locked On SEC, Locked On Big 12, Locked On Big 10. They all do a fantastic job of covering everything going on in those specific conferences. And, of course, they reach out to all the local hosts across those various conferences. So Locked on Big Ten is going to bring on Locked on Big Ten affiliated hosts. Locked on SEC is reaching out to all the SEC hosts. We've got lots of stuff going on here on the Locked on Podcast Network. Not only Locked on College Football, 
But check out those conference shows as well. Locked on SEC, Locked on Big 12, Locked on Big 10. Subscribe, rate, and review to all of those podcasts, including Locked on College Football, on all of your favorite podcasting apps. So, obviously, the big story of uh, the last 24 hours has been National Signing Day. And I feel like it's lost a little bit of steam from years past because of the early advent of the early signing period. It seems as though the recruiting trend since the adoption of the early signing period a couple of years ago is the fact that a lot of these schools, at least a lot of the, the big-name schools, are going to gobble up as much of that recruiting class as early as possible. It was one of the big questions I had going into the idea of an early signing period was just how much is this going to change things? Well, it changed things pretty dramatically. Now you're talking about having the, the bulk of your recruiting class pretty much locked and sealed before Christmas even hits. And then, of course, now the more traditional National Signing Day is really just about putting the finishing touches on a couple things. And in a normal year, that gives some recruits a little bit more time to actually travel and visit campuses and maybe uh, have some more face-to-face time with coaches and recruiters. Not necessarily the case this recruiting cycle once again, and I don't know exactly how soon we'll get back to a much more normal recruiting schedule and recruiting routine because a lot of recruits that are picking these schools didn't actually get a chance to visit their campus of choice. So there's a lot of interesting developments that could come out of that. One of the things, one of the things that I think uh, should be something to watch is now that players are going to actually get a chance to step on a campus, possibly for the first time, you know, maybe they're not going to feel all that comfortable. Maybe it's not going to feel like the right fit for them. And that generally happens anyway. But you know, I think we could potentially see a lot more of that transfer activity as a result of what's going on here with this pandemic and the way that it has changed the recruiting process. So just something to keep in mind, just something to keep on the radar as we move forward, because we all know that the transfer portal has been extremely active since that was introduced to the world of college football. There's no slowing down the transfer portal. The transfer portal runs at ludicrous speed, and there is no slowing that down anytime soon. And I think that the transfer portal is going to be extremely busy in the next year or so because a lot of these recruits in the class of 2020, the class of 2021, maybe down the line in the class of 2022, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, a lot of those recruits getting on the campus for the very first time after they make their decision could uh, be making some changes. So if you missed out on a recruit the first time around, keep an eye on that transfer portal. They could be coming around and you may get another crack at them. You just never know. Of course, the other big news of this week, as far as I'm concerned, is the fact that EA Sports is bringing back a college football video game. I wanted to make sure that I addressed this story in particular because this is something that I've been following for a while now. And obviously, there have been some legal reasons why EA Sports decided to pull the plug on the NCAA football franchise. The last time we got an NCAA football game, was the 2013 season with NCAA football 14. And now, in a very simple tweet posted on Tuesday afternoon, or maybe it was Tuesday morning, EA Sports announces that they are in production for EA Sports College Football. I don't know if that's a working title or if that's going to be the official name. Very striking the name, though, because it drops the NCAA name, at least for now, and I think there's no real coincidence of why that is. It avoids the legal hangups, at least for now, until the NCAA reworks some way to allow for players to be compensated for the image and their likeness being used in a marketable product. Uh, that, of course, is the root of why we don't have an NCAA football game anymore. 
Now, if you listen to Locked On Nittany Lions, I actually had a really funny interview with a buddy of mine, Thor Nystrom, uh, from NBCSports.com. He does uh, NFL draft analysis for Roto World on NBCSports.com. Uh, he's also a huge fan of the NCAA football franchise. So I had to reach out to him when, he, uh, when we found out the news that college football video games are coming back. And the problem is, uh, it's going to be a couple of years before we actually get to that. But that doesn't mean that we can't have a little wish list of items that we want to see. And Thor and I came up with a couple different items that we would like to see on our wish list. First and foremost on my wish list, first of all, I want it on the Nintendo Switch. I'm just throwing that out there right now. I will beg and plead for that every day until the game is officially announced and officially released. Put it on the Switch. I think everything game should be on the Switch in general. So just throwing that out there. Put everything on the Switch. Miss Pac-Man, Pipe Dream, uh, SimCity, NCAA Football. Put the things on the Switch. You can take it on the go. It's great. But, of course, it's going to be two to three years with the production for these current-gen consoles like the PlayStation 5, the Xbox Series 1X, all that good stuff. But put it on the Switch, I'll be happy. I think another area that where Thor and I actually agreed on was we would love to see a full FCS roster involved in the, the game or included in the game. They used to have a whole bunch of FCS schools, but if you played some of the more recent games in the franchise, they dropped all the FCS schools. You got generic uh, placeholder teams like FCS West, FCS Southeast. Uh, they didn't cut it. Put in the Ivy League, put in the SWAC, put in the MEAC, put in the, the Missouri Valley Football Conference. Put in all those FCS schools. Let's get a full FCS roster included in NCAA, or I'm sorry, EA Sports College Football. And allow that to be part of your dynasty mode. You know, you know, a lot of times in the dynasty mode, you're building up your coaching repertoire. Uh, what better way to do that than starting off with a smaller school and working your way up until you can be the coach that is going to build a dynasty at a school like Alabama and win recruiting national championship after recruiting national championship after recruiting national championship. It does look as though it's going to be a couple of years before we get a chance to dive back into the world of a college football video game, but Twitter was buzzing as soon as this announcement was made, and the buzz hasn't really calmed down. So here's hoping that we get a really good product that is going to live up to some of the hype and anticipation that a lot of people are going to have in the next two to three years, whatever the production cycle is going to be. In the meantime, you know that we here at Locked on College Football are going to cover every angle of the college football world, and I'm sure we'll keep an eye on the developments as far as that EA Sports video game are concerned as well. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On College Football. Make sure you check out all the other great content across the Locked On Podcast Network, including those conference shows like Locked On SEC, Locked On Big 12, and Locked On Big 10. I'm Kevin McGuire from Locked On Nittany Lions. For Matt Moscona of Locked On LSU, thank you so much for listening. Make sure you're subscribing to Locked On College Football on your favorite podcasting app. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify, iHeartRadio. We're on Radio.com. You can listen to us on your Amazon home devices. There is no shortage of ways to listen to Locked On College Football. So find the one that works best for you. Subscribe, rate, and review. Help us out along the way. And make sure you come back tomorrow for more great coverage of the world of college football. I'm sure there's going to be some more uh, recruiting analysis and breakdowns from the guys coming up tomorrow. And, of course, make sure you come and check us out every weekday. We've got you covered right here on Locked On College Football. For Matt Moscona, I'm Kevin McGuire. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.